welcome back to the Secret Language Podcast. It's me, Jesse. And this week, I'd like to start uh, what might be a first of a series of episodes I'll do this year, where I will take a movie that I've watched through the week and I'll review it, because um, sometimes movies have a tendency to be really thought-provoking and interesting, and this week I watched one that was very thought-provoking and interesting. And I'd like to share my thoughts on that and just kind of eat it off my chest because I haven't really talked to anyone about it in too much depth. So I kind of want to break into that. Um, the movie I watched, the movie I'm going to spend the whole episode talking about is Soul, the uh, Disney Pixar film. Um, and this is your first and final warning. This is a spoiler episode. If you have not seen Soul and you'd like to, um, please don't listen because I'm going to talk about it the whole time and I will spoil the movie for you. So Fair warning, just on the front end. Um, yeah, so I watched Soul this weekend, well, this week, and I have some serious thoughts about it, some some things that I find very uh, interesting, I guess, about that movie. Um, for starters, let's just say that you have a high bar for a Pixar movie. Pixar makes really good movies. Um, it's kind of funny. They get thought of oftentimes as a studio that makes kids' movies, and really... They just make movies. They make movies that are really good. They just happen to be an animation studio. I think one of the things that has to be has to be mentioned when you're talking about Pixar is that they are probably, on a broad scale, the most successful movie studio in the world. Because everything they do makes a ton of money. It gets high critical marks. gets high audience marks. Pretty much everything they make does very, very well. And so usually when a Pixar movie comes out, it's kind of like almost a must-see because it's almost always good. I mean, if you run down the line of Pixar movies, they pretty much don't have anything that's bad. I mean, there are some that didn't do terribly well and some that were maybe not that great, like, you know, Cars 2 or, you know, The Good Dinosaur didn't do particularly well, but that's just by the Pixar standard. I mean, by just normal movie standards, they still did really well. I mean, they still made a ton of money and a bunch of people went and saw them and kids loved them, so... You can't really call them failures, you just call them, like, Pixar failures. So, in 2020, Soul was probably one of the most talked about movies of the year, because it's a big Pixar movie. Um, keep in mind that Pixar did have two movies come out in 2020. They, uh, the very beginning of the year, right before quarantine started, Onward came out. It was in theaters around the beginning of March, when uh, things, you know, fell apart. But at Christmas... Disney, well, Pixar and Disney, I guess, released Soul uh, for free on the Disney Plus platform. So if you have Disney Plus, you could sit around and watch Soul. So, uh, you know, obviously my wife and I sat down, and this was a very talked-about movie, and the concept was intriguing, so we decided to sit down and watch it. Um, so just to give you a brief synopsis on what this movie's about, just to give you some understanding before I jump into it. Soul is about Joe Gardner is the main character. He is a aspiring jazz musician. He wants to be a jazz pianist, like professionally. And throughout his entire life, he has played gigs and just never really gotten anything to stick. So he's trying his best to be a professional musician and just really hasn't made anything happen solidly. And so he's kind of fallen on some hard times. He's being a middle school band director just to, just to pay the bills, just to kind of keep his head above water between gigs. And one day, the day that he gets 
his full-time job as a music teacher, um, one of his former students calls him up and says, hey, man, our pianist for the Dorothy Williams Quartet dropped out, and we need you to come play. And it's his dream gig. Dorothy Williams is the head of a big quartet. It's a big deal. And he goes and, you know, really kills his audition, and he gets the job, and he's just ecstatic. He's walking around town. He's, you know, trying to go home so he can get put his get his suit together, get himself all ready to go for the show that night. And in his distraction, he falls down a manhole cover and dies. Uh, which I think is interesting because I think that's the first Pixar character that has ever died on screen. Um, like a really bold choice. Um, it's kind of amazing. They didn't even bother to surprise the audience like they show that in the trailer they're just like oh yeah joe gardner dies and falls down a manhole cover i don't understand it but hey i don't make movies that's the sound of me pouring coffee so, after Joe Gardner falls down a manhole cover, he finds himself on the conveyor belt, taking him to the great beyond. And he realizes, oh no, this can't be, I've died. And he tries to um, escape from the inevitability of the great beyond. And in doing so, accidentally finds himself in what is called the great before, which is where souls go and exist before they go down to earth to live in human bodies. As part of this ruse, he assumes the identity of a, a psychologist, a child psychologist, to mentor souls before they go down to earth. And he gets paired up with a soul numbered 22 that has never gone down to earth and has spurned thousands of mentors. And so it is his job to convince her that life is worth living and to go down to inhabit a body on earth so that he can go to the great beyond. Now keep in mind, our, our protagonist here does not want to go to the great beyond. He wants to get back to his body so that he can play the show and fulfill his lifelong dream. So Joe Gardner and Soul 22, they wander around trying to find a way to get Joe back into his body. And through some mystical hijinks, Joe Gardner and Soul 22, they fall from the great before onto Earth, where Joe's body is laying in a hospital bed barely alive. Um, unfortunately, the soul's missed by just a little bit, and so Soul 22 lands in Joe's body, and Joe lands in a therapy cat. So 22 is now inhabiting real life. She's in Joe's body, and Joe is watching her live from his perspective. And then, of course, they go on a journey trying to find a way to get Joe back into his body. And that's about as far as I'm going to take it so far. I mean, that's, that's as far as I'm going to take the synopsis. It's not necessarily what you'd see on the back of the movie box because it is too detailed. But that's, that's kind of where I want to introduce the story so that I can talk about it a little bit. Um, let's talk about some pros and cons. Just what I think of the movie. We're going to start on the positive side because everyone wants to hear the positive side. That's what you, you want to hear the good things about a movie. I think it's got like three good strengths. I think the first is that it tells, it tries to teach a message that I think is important for children and I think more importantly for adults. Like I said, Pixar makes movies for everybody. They just happen to be an animation studio. So I think it has a message that is important to hear 
I think the artistic style was more unique, and I think that it has the best soundtrack that any Pixar movie has ever had. And I'm going to speak directly to one of our listeners, Jeremy. Um, hi, Jeremy. I miss you. Um, I know that you love Coco and that you think it's one of the best Pixar movies ever, but the jazz music in Soul is better than any of the mariachi music in Coco. I love you, but sorry, you're just wrong. Anyways, so I think those are the three big strengths that the movie Soul offered. Um, let's get into this idea of the message, because if you've seen the movie, you probably have some questions about the message of the movie. Um, and I think there, there are two things you could possibly perceive as the message of the movie, and we're going to get into that, I promise. But I think on just the short end, being very simplistic with the concept here, I think the movie that the, the message that Soul was trying to teach people was to to enjoy the the little things and the beauties of life. So that's that's part of the story that they're trying to tell is that Joe is trying to explain to Twenty Two that life is amazing and that it's beautiful and there's so many things to enjoy on Earth. And Twenty Two just doesn't believe him, and she doesn't see that until she's actually there. And so there's some simple things that happen, just little everyday things that that bring a lot of joy to Soul 22 when they're walking around in Joe's body. For instance, 22 has pizza for the first time and, and thinks that pizza is the most amazing thing. And, you know, they go get a haircut and she gets to sit in the barber chair and she is totally in charge of whatever's happening. You know, she's in charge of the haircut. She gets to have a lollipop and she gets to talk to the barbers and the other people in the barbershop about life. And they get to talk and have a good time. And... She gets to see the love of people that love Joe. Like they interact with Joe's mom, and she gets to see the joy and the love that comes from family and friends. And she enjoys the buskers in the subway playing music. And, you know, something as simple as the helicopters falling from the trees. Like all these little things spark so much joy and, and inspire 22 to believe that life on Earth is worth living. And I think that's a great message to tell people is that life is worth living and that we can get so caught up in, in all the, all the mundane things and all the big, what we perceive to be big things in life that we miss the small details. We miss the small little things that make life so wonderful. And that's one of the messages that I think the movie tells. I think there's another one that's a little more discreet in the way they tell it. The other message is about the, the purpose of life. Like, not the purpose of life, but an individual's purpose in life. So one of the facets that this movie discusses and talks about is that souls in the great before, they have these little like icons on their chest with like, like character traits and things that make them who they are. That extra spot has to be filled with a spark, something that um, sparks a lot of joy and inspiration, I guess, into the character. They don't gi they don't give it too much detail, but it's it's implied the entire time that that spark is like your purpose in life. It's one of the things that really drives you, and so that is a misconception of all the characters throughout the movie. Is that these sparks that all the souls are trying to get before they go down to Earth are are it's like the purpose. It's a person's character and the reason that they exist. And so Joe is constantly thinking the whole time. He's like, oh, I know what my spark is. It's music. I'm, I'm, I'm born to play music. It's my purpose. And 
at the end of the movie it's explained that that's not at all what the sparks are uh, you know the sparks are not made to to spell out what a person's purpose is um and i think that is also a really important thing for everybody to learn is that there's not one set purpose for us in the world i think that's something that adults in particular really get caught up in is you know we want to find fulfillment in the things that we do in our jobs and in our hobbies and things like that and so we we constantly try to find well what's my purpose what am i here on earth for and you know if we're not taking this from a christian perspective but if we're just looking at it on a totally you know secular plane there is no purpose we're all just here and we're all we all have things that we do and that we love and enjoy and that you know kind of help identify us but we are not on earth for any specific purpose it's not like joe gardner loves to play music that doesn't mean that his purpose in life is to play music it's just something that he enjoys and so i think this this message of there's no set purpose i think is also really important so like you know going back to that kind of bigger picture telling people on screen that they should enjoy the little things in life as well as understanding that you don't have to be so caught up in what your purpose is and just enjoy everyday life and make it wonderful i think is an important lesson i think that's a good thing that pixar tries to uh to, it's a good story and a good message to tell people and so on that level i think the movie was good i think it it executed that and it um it did its job as far as telling that story and getting that message across to the viewers um so those are my pros that's what i liked about the movie um i do have a considerable uh list on the cons some things that really concerned me but before we get into that let's have a word from our sponsors the secret language podcast has been brought to you by going home for the weekend going home for the weekend it really does a lot for my mental health um I went home this weekend to spend a day with my family, with my parents and my siblings, and it has put a really positive spin on what's going to be a new week for me, and so that is what is bringing you this podcast, is the uh, the real shot in the arm I get from going home. There you go. That's, my, that's our sponsor this week. So let's jump into uh, some of the cons that I had with Soul. Um... When I was home at Christmas, just as about the time this movie was coming out, we were watching something and a trailer for Soul popped up. And my parents watched it, and my parent, my dad in particular, said, well, I have some problems with that. And I agreed with him upon watching the trailer. And I still agree with him upon watching the entire movie. Because this movie really raises some theological problems that I really just cannot get past the entire time. Even, like, some of the better moments and the funny moments in the movie, I just, I, I really couldn't get past some of the issues that this movie kind of, like, creates, I guess. Um, the first of which is the great beyond and the great before. Um, that's an issue for me. Um, it kind of takes God out of the equation. If you watch this movie, you, you don't have God. You have a bunch of interestingly drawn 2d characters named jerry and they're like the count like the camp counselors that run the great before and they're all like one body but they're like 12 of them and they all have different voices 
and they're Jerry, and they run the show up in the great before. And something just rubs me the wrong way about that. Um, something rubs me the wrong way about the great beyond. They never, like, show it on screen. They never, like, tell you what it is or give you any kind of glimpse of what it is. But if it's anything like the great before, it is really, like, politically correct, I guess. It's not willing to make any hard statements and any, like, hard lines religiously because of the nature of the story. Like, they're not going to be like, oh, this is heaven where God lives. They're like, I think the studio knew that they're going to be showing this movie to a wide audience. Everyone in the world has an opportunity to watch this movie. And if we pick one religion, if we, like, make any hard statements, we're going to be alienating the rest of the world, really. And so they really avoided that, which makes sense from a marketing standpoint. But as a Christian, that really bothers me. Um, and then, and also raise some theological questions about souls before we die and after we die. And, you know, this concept of the great before, you know, it's, I don't know, it, it bothers me because it, it kind of presumes life before life. You know, as Christians, I, I definitely believe in life after death, but I don't know about life before life. And I also don't like the idea that Joe Gardner, on his way to the afterlife, finds a way to, like, cheat it and escape. Like, that, I don't know, it kind of sets this expectation that that can be done. And I don't believe that. I don't believe that that can be done. I don't believe that we can cheat eternity. And so that really bothers me. Um, I noticed recently that there is no like heaven and hell in cartoons anymore it sounds really random but i it, it came like it hit me like a ton of bricks um i was sitting around watching cartoons on like a saturday morning because you know i'm an eight-year-old and i was watching the new animaniac series on hulu like the new ones where they like made their own new episodes and in one of the episodes a character finds himself in hell and i I thought, wow, I have not seen that in a very long time. And I just kind of started thinking about that. Like, why is that not a thing anymore? Um, I remember growing up on old cartoons. Like, I liked Tom and Jerry and old Looney Tunes and things like that. And a lot of those cartoons depicted characters dying. And one of them, you know, with angel wings floating up in like a half tone, transparent, up from their body. And they go up to heaven. And one character gets sent down to hell because he was mean and rude to the other character the whole time. And that was just, like, part of cartoons. That was part of American society was we were a widely religious country. And as that has declined, as religion has declined in America, it is manifesting itself and it's showing itself in the media and the way that we, you know, just tell stories and the, the stories that we write and things we put on TV. And so it's it's just alarming, I guess, and it just kind of irritates me that that has that has changed so much because i remember i remember a particular episode of looney tunes where daffy duck um is about to get his draft notice this came out in like the world war ii era this episode does and so he's about to get his draft notice and he is constantly running away from the mailman because he knows that is his draft notice he's going to get drafted into the united states army and he doesn't want to go fight and so he literally, like, runs around and digs a hole to hell and hangs out with the devil because he'd rather be in hell than go to war. Which, 
tells a story about the way we think of war and the way that we didn't want to fight it, but we fought it anyways. American exceptionalism, baby. But, you know, characters and cartoons that I loved growing up depicted heaven and hell and had this, like, religious aspect to them that they just inherently don't have anymore. And the way that the movie Soul just kind of circumvents the idea of God and judgment and eternity... I just don't think I could, in good conscience, show that to my kids. If I were a parent. I mean, I'm not a parent. But I wouldn't even show that movie to my younger siblings. Because kids are just so impressionable. And a movie that completely ignores everything that involves faith, I just I just really think it's a dangerous thing. Because kids are being taught one thing from their parents and in Bible class. And then they watch a movie and... It tells them the complete opposite, and if you think kids don't pay attention and aren't impressioned by the things that they watch, put on a Jackie Chan movie in front of a room full of little boys and tell me what they do immediately afterwards. They're going to start running around, like, kung fu fighting. Like, I, I just, I hate how impressionable kids are and the way that this movie kind of, like, throws that in the face of faith and religion. And so that... That bothers me. So, like, as a whole, I liked the movie. I thought it was a, a well-made movie, but I couldn't really show that to anyone else. Like, I watched it as an adult because my faith was not going to be shaken by a Pixar movie, but I'm not going to show that to a little kid because they're just so impressionable. And that's, that's my thoughts on the movie. Um, it reminded me a lot of Inside Out, which I liked Inside Out, don't get me wrong. I really think it's one of the better Pixar movies that's ever come out. But I have an issue with that one as well that I've never talked about. These movies are very similar. They're like kind of in the same vein where it's like a very existential type movie. Where it's like, you know, Inside Out's about what if our emotions, what if we personified emotions and let them control a human being from like a big control panel. Like we're in the headquarters for Apollo 13. And... Soul is like the big question that everyone's been asking for all of human history is like what happens after we die and so they're very existential and very like out there concept movies and my big beef with the movie Inside Out that um, has bothered me from the first time I watched it even to now is that the main character Riley um, all of her emotions are they, they, they're mixed they've got some that are male characters and some are female characters and all of the other characters in the movie, every single one, they're all, like, binary in gender. They're either all boys or they're all girls. Except for the main character. And that bothers me because it's a young person and it could possibly imply the fact that, you know, she hasn't decided if she wants to be a boy or a girl yet. And I'm not saying that's what Pixar was doing. I'm not saying it was intentional, but it bugs me. Just, like, they're so conscious the whole time of making all the characters identical and making all the emotions one or the other that having the main character have both it it doesn't seem like it was an accident so that that bothers me it it always has bothered me so it's not a surprise that the movie soul bothered me because they they kind of take the same things in context and kind of subliminally subliminal 
subliminally makes some uh, interesting messages. So that's been my thoughts on Soul, pros, cons. I think overall it's like a 7 out of 10. It's not bad, but I wouldn't show it to a kid. So that's the movie Soul. Um, before we close this week's episode, I do have some corrections to make based on last week's episode. So um, if you listen to last week's episode of the podcast, I talked a lot about song covers and particularly some that I didn't like because they're bad versions of a good song. And um, immediately, like Monday afternoon, I got a text from one of the listeners, one of my good friends, David, and he texted me and said, uh, I hate to hate to like harsh on your yum here, but Johnny Cash didn't write the song Hurt. And I knew I should have done my research and actually looked up who wrote the song. But incidentally, that makes hurt like the greatest cover of all time because if an artist like Johnny Cash can take a song that's not his and connect with it so deeply and and perform it so well that it's forever associated with him just goes on to prove that that is the greatest cover performance that's ever been done so thank you David for pointing that out it actually (laughs) makes an interesting story so thank you for that and I was also aware today that on the Mumford & Sons cover of The Boxer, um, there are two other credited artists, I guess. So Mumford & Sons performs, you know, the, the song The Boxer. They get Jerry Douglas to play the guitar, which he, he really does a good job on that. And I also learned that Paul Simon also sings in that song, um, which is Paul Simon of Simon and Garfunkel, which I think is really neat that... Uh, they took this song and they got Paul Simon to come in and sing and to be a part of it because it was his song. And so I think that's just a really neat thing to like respect the originality of the song to such an extent to have the actual original artist come in and be a part of it. I think that's really neat. So there's that. Those are my corrections from last week. Some things that I uh, missed or some cool additions, I guess. And so, before we close, I usually give a recommendation. And this week, I have a recommendation on a movie. You know, everything else I've been is songs, and which is really convenient and easy. But I watched a really, really good movie this past week that I would really like to share. Um, it is called Dr. Strangelove, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. It is a 1957 film directed by Stanley Kubrick, and it is about nuclear war and what uh, it might look like if America accidentally started a nuclear war with Russia. And it's, it's an hour and a half long. It is free on Amazon Prime. So if you have an Amazon Prime account, it costs you no money to watch. You can watch it as many times as you want. Um, it's a really, really great movie. It's kind of like a dark comedy, and you have a character that plays three different roles, which is really funny, and you have some like real caricature-type characters. And I knew that this was kind of a classic, a movie that people really, really liked. And I watched it, and it is very, very good. Like, it is a five-star film. And so, if you've got a spare hour and a half one evening, I would watch Dr. Strangelove, because it is really, really good. It's really funny. I think it's funny. Um, I would recommend watching that. I think it's a great movie. So that's my recommendation for this week. 
Like I said, I went home this weekend, and that really meant a lot to me to be home with my family. Um, I love them a lot. Uh, my dad mentioned to me this weekend, uh, he said that he would like to start reading. He, he would want to read some John Steinbeck books because he said he listens to my podcast, and he uh, has heard me talk about East of Eden an awful lot. And so that was actually really, really sweet of him to say because that means a lot that he listens to the show. So hi, Dad. Love you. Um, but yeah, I'm still making progress on that. Hopefully, Matt can get started on that book soon so that we can do an episode where we sit around and talk about it and discuss some of the greater themes and parts of that book that we like so much. Um, so hopefully that gets done sometime in the future. Um, but that's that's the end of the show. So you guys know the drill. You know, If you love the podcast, share it with someone you love. If you hated it, share it with someone you hate. And until next week, courage. <laughs>